Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. The gift of God's goodness. Now, our foundational text has been John 10 and 10, where Jesus makes a comment concerning the purpose of his coming into the earth. He says, first, though, that the thief came into the earth to devastate, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came here that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so that was clearly conveyed to us in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, and verse 16, where he records the love of God, the love of God, literally describing the goodness of God towards humanity, goodwill toward man. He says uh, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, and meaning the people of, of the earth, that he gave he gave his only begotten son. So here we see the pure motivation for giving should be love. Even in your, your Christmas gifts. It should be because you love. You're, you're expressing the love of God towards these individuals. So in, in true Christmas, you don't give to get. And so that means you don't get mad if somebody you gave a gift don't give one back. Come on, right, right, right. Or if the value don't match, you know, I spent $60 on that and gave me this little cheap $10. Okay, so that's out the window. You don't give for that reason. You give because you're trying to express the love of God. And so when you understand that, it really governs how you give and it governs what you give. All right. And to whom you give. So he says, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, so this gift is open to all of humanity. There's no exception. There's nobody that excluded, that's, that's been excluded from this offer, from this invitation of God's giving. So it's inclusive of everybody. Even if you don't think they deserve to be included, they get included. That whosoever believe upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's another way of saying that is eternal life. Now, if we could ever understand eternal life, then we could have the God kind of life that Jesus described in John 10 and 10. That you may have and enjoy life. Because there are people that have said, I've given my heart to Christ, but I'm not happy with my life. But that's because they don't understand eternal life. They think eternal life has to do with living with God forever. That's called eternity. Eternal life is a quality of life. It is a quality of life that is characterized by the goodness of God toward humanity. It, in essence, defines the kind of life that God desires you to live. That begins the day you surrender your heart to Christ. 
It doesn't start when you get to heaven. It starts now. It starts today. So you don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven. You can have some heaven right now. Some of y'all just don't believe that. You just can't get with that, right? But you can have some heaven right now. You pray it in what you call the Lord's Prayer. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you think you're saying? What you think you're saying? You're calling heaven down. You want earth to be like heaven is. And so does God. And the way he does that is through you. He expresses heaven through you. So Jesus coming to the earth was more than a baby born in a manger. Jesus coming in the earth was heaven invading earth. It was the kingdom coming to the earth. It was the goodness of God coming down upon humanity in such a way as to entirely relandscape the earth. Okay. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, John 3.17 is key. You can't do 3.16 without 3.17 because 3.17 is sort of like the governing article of this action in 16. God did not send his son into the world to bring condemnation. Another word for condemnation is guilt. Shame and fear, another way of describing it. He says, no, not that man may be condemned, but that man may not that not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Everybody say saved. Saved Saved does not just mean not go to hell. Saved means to have fun, to have joy, to have peace to have prosperity, to have safety and security, well-being, success, abundance, dreams coming true. Okay? The manifestation of all things promised to you by God. Saved. It's a holistic word that has a lot to do with the quality of your life lived on earth and in heaven. So Jesus came to change stuff. He came to upgrade life. Have you had an upgrade lately? He came to upgrade life. So what I have found is that most Christians don't even know what happened to them when they got saved. Most Christians don't know. They have one level of knowledge of understanding that they know that, okay, I'm saved, and they know some religious terminology. I've been redeemed. They don't fully always know what the meaning of redemption is or reconcile. Most people don't know what that word means. Uh, but, 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 but there's so much happened, so much happened that you're not aware of by way of your senses. See, this thing that we're talking about Jesus even coming into the earth was not designed to satisfy the sense realm. Jesus coming to the earth was to satisfy the spiritual realm and to bring a consciousness of God's presence on this earth 
to transform the earth through humanity. So God is not going to do anything in this earth without humanity. He's going to do it through humanity. That's rec- that's rec- that record's clear. That's, that's, that, that history is traced all through the Bible. I mean, some of the greatest events that we celebrate, Noah and the ark, Moses crossing the Red Sea, Joshua crossing uh, Jordan, all these things. God did this through people. He did this through people. Every major move of God upon the earth happened through humanity. And he's not done. He continues to work through humanity. Amen? So what happened to you when you got saved? Because there might be somebody here today that may be saying, you know what, today would be a great day to just really start over. Today would be a great day to really just to surrender my life for real to Christ. I want to do this. I want to make an attempt at this. And so they need to understand what happens. What happens when you give your heart to Christ? Okay. So let's look at There's three things I want to talk to you about real quickly here. The first one is that reconciliation or that redemption. Okay. Let's go to the 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Paul is the author of this, of this letter, and he says this, If any man be in Christ, if any person be engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation. Say new creation. New creation. Now what happened to the old one? It died and it what? Passed away. Does it still exist? No. 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 So the person you were before Christ is dead. Now, you can't understand that with your mind. You have to receive that by faith in your spirit because it's not talking about your flesh. He's talking about the spirit man that was created way back in Genesis 1:26. God says, let's make man in our image and likeness. He created you. Now, you were born in sin, according to David, shaped in iniquity because of the fall of Adam. So so every one of us that come into the earth come in need of redemption and reconciliation because of Adam. I wonder if Adam's in heaven. I mean, you know, me too. Pastor Holton used wondering the same thing, huh? If he is, he's probably in protective custody. Man, I'm like, that's Adam. No, ain't gonna be none of that in heaven. All right. But, but because of his fall, we all came under that fall just by virtue of being born into the earth realm. Okay? So we automatically needed redemption because our nature was perverted. See, you can see that in the sign of kids. I say this all the time. When first, thing you want to, first thing you do, you don't teach kids, yes, 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 yes. What do you say? You, no. Stop. You don't say, go, go. You say, stop. Why? Because their nature is perverted. Their nature is turned and lean in in the direction of of evil, the knowledge of good and evil, that tree. So when Christ comes in, we're reborn. We're born again and, and recreated and shifted back and leaning. We're made to lean back towards the nature of the Father now. So now as a believer, it's hard for you to sin. I'm talking about a true believer. It's hard for you to sin. I mean, it's, it's not impossible, but you just can't just go sin. It, it takes something because your nature has been turned back toward God, you see. 
So he says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Next verse. Let's just roll through this all the way to 20. It says, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. See, the word reconciled means settled all differences. God settled all differences between you and him through Jesus. So there's nothing you can do to help settle the differences between you and God. And this is sometimes people's most greatest uh, aspiration is to try to solve this dilemma of sin between them and God. You can't do it. The only thing you can do is to accept what God has done. And that's bringing Jesus into the earth. If you understand that, say amen. amen. He says, I've reconciled. And he has received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Next verse. Come on, come on, roll with me. Huh? That can't be. There's another verse. Okay. So we are, I know in my Bible there's another verse. <laughs> So we are Christ's ambassadors, okay? God making his appeal, as it were, through us as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold on the divine favor. He says, I I'm begging you, I appeal to you, lay hold, receive this. Don't just be religious. Don't just go to church. Just, but, but receive the fact that divine favor has been bestowed upon you, now offered you, and be reconciled to God. And here's the verse I want you to see. Verse 21, for our sake, God made Christ virtually to be sin. Who knew no sin? Jesus did no sin. But he did that so in and through Jesus, we might be endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of what? The righteousness of God. In other words, what we ought to be. What is that? Approved and acceptable, and in right relationship with him by, come on, his goodness. Yeah, come on, let's, let's receive that. Come on, receive that. The first powerful attribute of this gift of goodness is righteousness. It's righteousness. I, I've done this all the years we've been in ministry. I'll ask an audience, who in here is saved? And people just raise their hand. All right, thank you. Put your hands down. Now, who's in here righteous? Well, I don't know about that. I, I know I'm saved, but uh, I don't know if I can say I'm righteous. But you are. You are. Yeah, but who? I don't know if I can say that about myself. That's because you're measuring yourself with yourself. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about what God has done on your behalf for you. See, see, here's the deal. There is such thing as the righteousness of man, and there is the righteousness of God. The Bible says the righteousness of man is a stench in his nostril because it is an attempt to replace his righteousness that was paid for by the blood of Jesus on your behalf. So what he desires for you to do is to accept 
Christ, and by accepting Christ, you embrace the righteousness of God. He make you righteous. Put this in the King James, verse 21, the King James Version. I want you to see the terminology here. It says, he, uh, for he hath made him be sin for us. God made Jesus. God made Jesus. What did Jesus do to earn sin? But God made Jesus to be sin for you so that we might be what? Made, just like Jesus was made sin, you was made righteous, just like Jesus didn't do anything to deserve sin, you didn't do anything to deserve righteousness. Okay? But he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you can hold your head up high and let the devil hear it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, come on. Come on. I am. I am. Now, the devil doesn't want you to say that. Now, he doesn't want you to say it because he's, he's offended by it. He doesn't want you to say it because he's afraid that you might believe it. And once you believe it, you start acting righteous. See, what he doesn't want you to know is that there's so many other things tied to your righteousness. The Bible says that God hears the, the prayers of the righteous. But if you don't know you're righteous, the Bible says the seed, the children of the righteous shall be delivered. But if you don't know you're righteous, you won't take that promise. You'd be worried and stressed out over your children. You'll think your prayers don't even go through, hit the roof of the building you're in. But I know God hit me when I pray. I know God's watching and taking care of my children. That's why I'm not worried about them. Why? Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Receive the gift. Of his goodness. The second aspect of this gift is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. And it comes in the same fashion that righteousness comes. Satan attacks each of these characteristics because he wants you living below them. He, didn't want you, he wants you to be religious, but he don't want you to have the benefits of your relationship with Christ so that you can be a complaining Christian. Why? Because he knows that's bad advertisement. Okay? So he just wants you to complain all the time, gripe all the time, moan all the time, be depressed, be unhappy, and nobody who knows you want anything you got because of that attitude. <laughs> The biggest threat to the devil is a happy Christian, a joyous Christian, one that is full of the peace and the joy of the Lord. That's the biggest threat to the enemy. The devil don't mind that you're going to heaven. He'll, he, he'll try to help you get there quicker. His problem with you is that you're on the earth and the earth is supposed to be his turf. And as long as you're here, you're messing up his game. That's why you're supposed to try to be here as long as you can. To disrupt as much of the devil's plans 
that you can disrupt. Amen. So let's look at the second characteristic of the gift of goodness here. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he was made poor or became poor. Same thing. He was made poor. Why? So that through his poverty, you might be made rich. Can you put in the Amplified now for me? You see, this right here is, 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 is especially under attack by Satan. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly, clearly, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, in that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that his poverty might become enriched, his poverty, so that in order that by his poverty, you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Everybody say abundantly supplied. That is the definition of the word rich. Okay. That is the definition of the word rich. Abundantly supplied. Don't nobody not want to be rich. Oh, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you got these these spiritual people, these 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 hypocritics, these you know this oh, you know prosperity prosperity. But you go to work every day. What you going to work for? If you're not trying to be prosperous, why are you going to work? Yeah, I, I don't work for a paycheck, but you take it every time they give you one. I'm just saying you 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 always there to take it. You're not giving it back. If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, keep walking by faith.